0: Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. I'm Ken Sandberg. And
1: I'm Heather Michelle Lawler.
0: Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: We're down in bourbon country, and we are drinking, ding, 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 We are ding, ding, in ding, bourbon ding, country, ding, and we ding, are drinking, ding, 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 ding. I'm not sure why that was to the tune of Witch Doctor. Uh, um, it just came out of my <laughs> mouth, so... Uh,
0: we're down in bourbon country. Doo 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 doo. Ding 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 ding.
1: Basically for the last three days, Ken and I have just been drinking bourbon and cocktails and sleeping.
0: <laughs> Which you would think would be really relaxing, but it's actually a lot more exhausting than I was prepared for.
1: Yeah. Bourbon in the sun, you know? Uh, but it's been a really, really awesome three days. Um yeah, we've been uh, staying at an Airbnb outside of Lexington in the little, little town of not Versailles, Versailles, Kentucky.
0: It's it's spelled like Versailles, but it's pronounced American.
1: Yeah, so uh, we learned that very early. So we've been staying in a house, so you might actually hear some noise on this episode, but that's only because this house was built in the 1700s. Yeah. Like this was an old courthouse. Um, and it's in the family like legacy of the woman who's hosting us, who's also an actress and publisher and whatnot.
0: Which is lovely. The the one downside for the sake of this recording is that the um, walls, I believe, are actually made of paper and wishes. Paper and, and wishes, And so they yeah. don't hold out much sound. So every time a car goes by, it sounds like they're driving through my brain.
1: It sounds like they're driving. Now, I don't hear them at night when I'm sleeping, but I have also been comatose, practically, because, you know, bourbon. We also
0: crank up the AC because it's Kentucky and it's hot.
1: That's true. We have the AC crank, so I don't hear it. But we've turned that off for you at home. So welcome. You're welcome. Oh, Ooh, there's a truck. That was, that was definitely a, a truck. Um, so we have a few exciting things that happened this week. Um, we went over 5,000 listens, downloads, however you want to say it. Um, which was a big milestone for us. So thank you, listeners. Um, we also, our last episode was the first episode two, and we're still three days out almost? Two, two and a half, two three? Two days out, yeah. Um, and it's the first episode that has gone over 100 listens in the first week.
0: As so. as of when I started, as of when I hit the record button on this uh, three minutes and five seconds ago, we were at 123 listens for last week's episode. So apparently people really like pushing babies.
1: Pushing babies, <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald, um, horse butts. We can't quite put our finger on it. I think we're just like, oh, maybe people finally are finding us. It's been almost a year and we're showing up in algorithms. And- yeah.
0: I hope that it's it's 120 real people and not like five real people and 115 bots. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works with like bots. I have not had any experience with that.
0: I, I have no idea.
1: Um, but to those 120 plus minus people, thank you. And uh, if this is your first episode, welcome to you. Welcome
0: to Campfire Classics. We do try to read those books that look really good on your shelf, but um, I'll give a little better description of what that is later.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we have a good time. So we're pretty excited about um, that milestone because... I know at like the podcast conference we went to last year, like that's a big thing when you're getting like over a hundred on like your first week especially for like a small independent podcast like we are. So So I'm I'm
0: feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm feeling
1: pretty swaggery and um, bougie and all the cool words for being like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually recording this on the 4th of July. So
0: I hope you enjoyed it. It's over now.
1: It's over. I hope you enjoyed the loud boom booms. Um,
0: Happy traumatizing pets day.
1: Yeah. Right. We're staying in. We're hoping, uh, we're hoping this will be recorded before the boom-booms begin, yeah, which will be, be around 9.30. So we've got two hours. We've got two hours. I we think should be we can, fine. I think
0: we can crank it in. Speaking Just.
1: of cranking it in, um, you want to uh, explain what we do on this
0: <laughs> I was I was genuinely concerned. I had no idea where that was going to go, speaking of... <laughs> Cranking it in.
1: Speaking of cranking it in, you want to crank in a little explanation of what we do
0: here? Sure. So what we do here at Campfire Classics is we read old stories. Well, they're usually old. Basically, we read stories in public domain. So this week, I have selected a story for Heather to attempt to read sight unseen. Attempt I have being done, the
1: big word I there. I have done
0: very little research into what this story is or is even about. So if it sucks, that's not really my fault. Nope. Um, We'll blame the author. Before we jump into it, though, uh, I'm going to read a few little fun facts just to sort of give you some context and set things up about what this story is. See, this is like,
1: so when you tell five friends about Campfire Classics, you can say, not only is it fun and funny and um, interesting, you also learn things.
0: Yes, we we are an edutainment podcast, and this is the edu part of your attainment. The
1: edutainment.
0: All right. So, this week's fun facts are actually going to be kind of short, but a little bit weird.
1: I like weird.
0: (laughs) Um, This week's author's name is Darius John Granger, but not really. Oh, okay. That was the (laughs) pen name for another author, probably. The actual author's name is most likely Milton Lesser except that Milton Lesser, born in 1928 in Brooklyn, New York, wrote professionally under the name of Stephen Marlowe. Usually. Except for when he didn't. Because in addition to his birth name, his chosen name, and the name Darius John Granger, which was also used by at least one other author who probably didn't write this week's story, Lesser also wrote under the names Adam Chase, Andrew Frazier, C.H. Tames, Jason Ridgeway, Stephen Wilder, and Ellery Queen.
1: It's like Batman. He's- this...
0: This is all, all of this is probably why today's story, first published in 1956 in Imagination Stories of Science Fiction, is in the public domain already because no one could figure out who the hell had the rights to renew the copyright.
1: Oh my God, we're getting to read something that is less than 70 years old because no one knows who wrote it. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah.
0: Um, But in all seriousness, uh, extensive research has left me unable to find any evidence that this story is under copyright or that anyone ever renewed the copyright, and several other sources, including Project Gutenberg, agree with me. So, dear listener, if you own the rights to this story and you are upset that we are using it, tough shit. Get on your game.
1: You should have called the (laughs) publishing people and gotten your damn money or your rights or whatever it is.
0: Um, Okay, so with all of that out of the way... This this guy who wrote under the name primarily of Stephen Marlowe was probably like 85, 90 percent probably the writer um, so of this story. This
1: guy's like the Shakespeare of America because <laughs> no one knows who he is. Like people have arguments that Shakespeare wasn't just Shakespeare, but was like yeah. multiple people or a woman or the aristocracy or la-da-da-da-da-da. Like we think it's this guy.
0: Yeah. But no one really knows. I wasn't actually able to find a ton of information on Stephen Marlowe, Milton Lesser, Darius John Granger, et cetera, etc. cetera, et Also, cetera. Stephen
1: Marlowe is very much um, a Shakespeare throwback.
0: Very, uh, yeah. Um, but that might have been the intent, right? Because he was uh, um, a prolific writer. He wrote, um, I'm, I'm going to get into it later in the fun facts, but he wrote tons of novels and short stories and, and has like, has credentials. He made his living as a writer. Okay. And yet he's not a household name that everyone knows. I mean, some, if you're into his genre, you probably know who he is, but he's not your, you know, your J.R.R. Tolkien. He is not your Stephen King. He is not
1: not H.G. Wells. Right. He's He's not, he's not a
0: household name probably because of all the pen names he used, Possibly intentionally, because he didn't want to deal like he wanted to be a writer. He didn't want to be famous.
1: That's fun. He wanted to be elusive. It's like I said, he's like Batman. (laughs) No one really knows who he is, but he lives in a cave and he just keeps pumping out good stuff. So no one questions it.
0: (laughs) So Milton Lesser, if that in fact is his name uh was born in brooklyn in 1928 he attended the college of william and mary earning a degree in philosophy
1: oh we're gonna be there soon
0: and um, we're gonna be in
1: virginia next week oh yeah yeah uh
0: and marrying lee lang soon after graduating Uh, he started writing in genres of science fiction mystery novels and fictional autobiographies of Goya, Christopher Columbus, Cervantes, and Edgar Allan Poe. So, like, he pretended to be these people and write autobiographies from their point of view.
1: Oh, my God. So this guy either just, like, could not decide um, who he wanted to be or he just had super multi-personality. Disorder. I just think
0: he never figured out who he wanted to be when he grew up, yeah. so he pretended to be he a bunch of other was people. He so
1: many other people. He's like, this would be a fun name. I'm going to create their whole thing. And, like... I would love to read his Christopher Columbus autobiography, like, what, 500 years after it happened? Yeah. And I hope it's like, um, yeah, I knew I was lost, and I'm a piece of shit. Thank you, <laughs> bite. By- <clears throat> That's the entire thing. Uh, so,
0: so today he is best known for his detective character, Chester Drum, who he created for the 1955 novel The Second Longest Night. And it was around this time that he legally changed his name to Stephen Marlowe. Okay. He was drafted into the United States Army during Korea. Uh, He and his wife divorced in 1962. Over his career, he wrote more than 50 novels... And a crazy long string of short stories that went to sci fi and mystery magazines and like pulp fiction magazines through the 50s and 60s. And when I say crazy long, I mean when you look at his collected works on the like the sci fi short stories of the internet yeah. database, blah, blah, it's like five pages. Wow. It just keeps going.
1: So. So he never stopped writing.
0: So he never stopped. Great. Uh, he was awarded the French Prix Gutenberg de Livre during 1988 for the memoirs of Christopher Columbus. His Christopher Columbus autobiography. Is <laughs>
1: an awarded autobiography? Yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. At so all? it's that's- so
0: well, he was. It was. It's it's a fiction award. Yes. For a Quotey Fingers autobiography. Oh
1: my god, that's brilliant! Um, now, I really want to read it. I really hope he makes him a dick because, in, like, the French. Would he it was supposed to be Spanish? Columbus,
0: uh, he was Italian, Italian, and getting paid, paid by, by the Spanish.
1: Spain. So, the French, I hope that <laughs> it really is just being like Christopher Columbus was a twat bag, and so they gave him an award. Yeah, I was
0: kind of a dick.
1: Yeah, let
0: me tell you.
1: Yeah, let me talk about that. Speaking of Fourth of July, <laughs> we are.
0: Um, And in 1997, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Private Eye Writers of America.
1: Uh, That's cool. The Private Eye Writers of America? Apparently.
0: He also served on the board of directors for the Mystery Writers of America. Um, During the later part of his life, he lived with his second wife, Ann Humbert, in Williamsburg, Virginia.
1: Which is where we're headed. Yeah, William and Mary and is in Williamsburg, so... Cool. Yeah. So that's
0: him. Uh, in 2008, he died in Virginia of uh, he was 80 years old of a bone marrow disorder. Unless he's not really dead and he's just chosen another name and is writing more stories in secret.
1: You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna look around when I'm in Williamsburg and I'm gonna see if I can find this guy. I mean, I bet he has like a statue or something like there. I mean, clearly, I'm sure, like he, clearly on the campus or something. And he's where he a very graduated prolific and, yeah. person. I mean. That's, I wouldn't
0: be surprised if at the very least like their lit department has a plaque has, up or something yeah, has yeah. something about him.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, so today the story you will be reading, uh, which was published in 1956 in Imagination Stories of Science Fiction, is called The Thing in the Truck. Ew! By Darius John Granger, a.k.a. Stephen Marlowe, probably.
1: Oh my gosh. Alright, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's shake it up and started. light some fires. The thing in the truck by Darius John Granger, probably. <laughs> it started with a load of potatoes. Doesn't it always that sounds like a Saturday night for me? <laughs> Give me all the potatoes. The jacket, the fried, the baked, the, the like soup. I'm all good. I'm great. I'm happy. Mm. Potatoes. Joe Loftus and I were driving the big semi-trailer back from Montauk that night after delivering a load of fishing gear to one of the big resorts out there and wondering if we'd be able to pick up a truckload of anything on the way back to increase the take when Joe spotted this sign. Uh-oh. I'm
0: pretty sure no story that starts with a sign on the side of the road has ever gone badly.
1: Never. I think, no, no. I
0: think that's probably, no. like, absolutely you should do that.
1: Yep. It was one of those standard, high-painted return load signs, so we pulled in and I climbed down from the cab while Joe remained behind the wheel, ready to roll if they had nothing for us. The sun was going down in a bank of heavy black clouds. I figured it might rain before the trip was over. Okay, now it's going to be raining, and they're in the middle of nowhere. Not good. Rain, no, no, no. Rain,
0: rain, go away. Do a thing and go to Spain.
1: Where, why Spain? I don't know. It's I the rain in forgot, Spain. I falls forgot falls mainly how on the, the plane. thing
0: went, and I, just, I started singing before I realized that I didn't know how it ended.
1: You're good. We're just we're building up this creepy ass situation. So it's black clouds. It's gonna rain. They're in the middle of nowhere, and they're stopping at a stranger's house, asking to carry some mysterious goods for them.
0: Hey, can we take some shit from you and drive it around in the rain for a while?
1: I went over to the door of the farmhouse and knocked. Pretty soon, I heard footsteps inside, and a man chewing a mouthful of his supper opened the door for me. He needed a shave, and he had tired, defeated eyes. What's the load, friend, I said. I saw the sign. Potatoes! (laughs) (laughs) He named a price. Well, I said in surprise, that's cheap. Well, you the truth, bub. They got blasted blasted what do you mean well that's it's hard to say something fell and hit the storage barn B- fell <laughs> oh no Fell, bub a bitty explosion but nothing much maybe 70 percent of the load is good the bad ones will be in sacks in the middle won't even know it what do you say That season, potatoes were good going at the wholesale markets around the city. I figured Joe Loftus and I could clear a neat profit even if 30% of the load was a waste. So I agreed to the deal, and for the next hour or so, used the muscles on my back along with Joe, the farmer, and the farmer's two grown boys to load the sacks of potatoes into the empty van of our big semi-trailer.
0: So what these guys do for a living is just drive around the country and move things. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you got crops, I got a truck. I'll buy your crops and then sell them at the grocery Which store. Which was a
1: real thing back they are, then.
0: They are professional middlemen.
1: Yeah, because like that was a real thing back then, um, especially in farm country, because people lived really far out and they might not have a vehicle that or the time to drive their goods to huh. the cities to sell them. So these people just drive around and they're like, we'll run your errand if you pay us. We'll basically pay you how much everything's worth and then we'll upsell it. Um, and make a little profit for the gas and the labor. So, yeah, they kind of the, they were their own distributors.
0: They're low-rent Amazon.
1: Yeah, original Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos' <laughs> dad did this, apparently. <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. Do you um, see, he's
0: supposed to become, he's slated to become the world's first trillionaire.
1: I know, but his wife, because they're getting a divorce, she's, like, taking a bunch of his money and, like, giving it to charities. It's uh, amazing. Be-
0: Signed his best guess he could single-handedly solve global warming.
1: I know a lot of people are like, I wish he'd stop putting money into space because with the money he's spending on that alone, he could feed the entire world's population for years. So there'd be no hungry people on the planet. But you know, what are you gonna do? (laughs) Capitalism, yay.
0: If you're a new listener, uh, you might be interested to learn that we occasionally spiral into moralizing about things that are not in our control. Uh, sometimes
1: politics that's sometimes that's a
0: fancy way of saying fuck Bezos. Yeah.
1: Fuck you. Also um, I like I like getting my Amazon packages. <laughs> but fuck him for not distributing the wealth like amongst his workers and uh, the people. He is
0: living proof that trickle down is not a real not thing. not a real
1: thing. So yay, everyone vote. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, Okay, so we got some potatoes. We're going to do the thing. When he had finished, I paid off the farmer and his wife gave us each a cup of coffee. Yeah. Then Joe and I climbed into the cab and we rolled. Uh Uh-oh, they're rolling on the coffee? That was some spiked-ass coffee.
0: Spiked coffee late (laughs) at night, load full of blasted potatoes?
1: Here's something? Joe asked about half an hour later. Uh Uh-oh. It was dark by then and traffic on the Montauk Highway was light. Potato sacks shifting around, I said. We didn't pack them too good, I guess. The noise came again. Maybe it didn't really sound like sacks shifting. (laughs) 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 I love when sacks shift. That's that's such a fun noise.
0: Listener, what does it sound like when your sack shifts?
1: (laughs) Shake your sacks and see what it sounds like. And he's doing it. I don't hear anything except the ice in your drinks. Yeah,
0: it kind of doesn't sound like anything. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess that's probably the point. If they're packed in right. You they're them packed in right. You've got them packed good. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Make sure to pack your sacks nice and tight. Maybe it didn't really sound like sacks shifting around in the van. I don't know. I was in a hurry to get home. It had been a long day. I was driving. Joe squirmed around and peered through the rear window of the cab but could see nothing. Stop the truck, he said. What for? Because I don't like that noise. Something's going on back there. Sure, I said, grinning. Are farmers a shrewd. Are farmers
0: a shrewd eye?
1: Shrewd eye? Shrewd as in like, like shrewd. Shrew and the word die. <laughs> All one word. S H R E W D I E. Oh. What's a shrewd
0: I think it's a shrewdie.
1: Oh, a shrewdie? Yeah. What's that?
0: And it is informal Australian and New Zealand slang for a shrewd person.
1: All right.
0: It's So it's like saying, oh, yeah, that <laughs> farmer, he's clever. That farmer, he's a shrewdy.
1: He's a shrewd one. Yeah. All right. Cool. Shrewdy, not shrewdie. Cool.
0: At least that's what that's the what internet Wikipedia tells That's what
1: Wikipedia tells us or whatever. Sure, I said grinning. Our farmer's a shrewdy. His boys are back there, and they're eating up all the potatoes. Why the boys? Oh, he thinks the boys are in the sacks, like, eating stuff, so, like.
0: They're, they're getting one last meal out of food that they just sold.
1: Yeah. Very funny. Now, just stop the damn truck. <laughs> it's Joe's
0: cranky. Joe
1: is cranky. I turned my head and looked at Joe's face. He was scared. Maybe he had one of those premonitions you read about. (laughs) I shrugged and found a widened stretch of road shoulder and pulled the big semi up. Joe hopped out of the cab and went round back. After a while... Oh, he didn't go with him? Oh, that's not good. After a while, I heard the rear doors swing open. Then they closed again and Joe came back. I hadn't heard him stomping around inside the van or anything. Sack shift around like I said, I asked. Joe's face was white in the dashlight. He shook his head. Harry, he said. Oh, that's my name. Harry. Harry. We well, was tricked. Dun-dun-dun. What do you mean, tricked? I was getting a little annoyed with Joe. He stood half in and half out of the cab. I wanted to get moving. Ain't no potatoes, Joe said. No potatoes? What the hell are you talking about? We loaded those spuds ourselves. Ain't no potatoes, Joe repeated in a funny voice. Harry, listen. Let's just leave the load and and truck and and everything and just get the hell out of (laughs) here. I looked at him and snorted and then swung out of the cab on my side and went round back. I did the chain and the door bar and pulled the tongue down so I could open the rear doors. You know, pull the tongue down to open the rear. (laughs) (laughs) Did that make you choke? Yeah. Sorry. Then I swung up into the van into the darkness. There was a smell in there. Not a potato smell. To this day I still can't say what it was but it was a funny smell and it made the short hairs on the back of my neck feel all cold and prickly like I lit a match and swore Joe was right there just weren't any potatoes I don't care who loaded them there is a picture that oh, is Oh we got a picture terrifying <laughs> Um I'm not going to I'm not going to describe the picture cuz I think we're about to re
0: Read about we're the, gonna
1: picture. Hear the picture. But there was something back there.
0: Dun dun.
1: Call it jelly if you want. I like jelly. I don't think you're going to like this jelly.
0: Is it potato jelly? Mm,
1: I think we're going to find out.
0: Is okay? it sack jelly?
1: It's quivering jelly, apparently. Oh. I saw it and can't do better. Say two or three tons of quivering jelly filling up the center of the floor of the van joe called well <laughs> i was carrying a lighted match into the van with me it burned my fingers i lit another one and slowly approached the jelly it didn't mm. seem to have any color so it took on the orange glowing color of the flaming match it pulsed Pulsing i went near potato it
0: potato sack jelly
1: <laughs> i went near it and then stopped There were still a few potatoes on the floor of the van. After all, I stood by. I stood by while the jelly rolled sluggishly toward them. The potatoes were enveloped. In a minute, there weren't any potatoes. He's a potato munching jelly sack. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, this is just the
0: potato munching jelly sack.
1: This is me when I'm hangry. It's like, give me me my potatoes.
0: (laughs) So what (laughs) Stephen Marlowe or Darius Granger or whatever has written here is your autobiography 30 years before you were born.
1: I knew it. He he knew. He saw me coming. He had that premonition, as they say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For a potato munching jelly sack, you look really good.
1: Thank you, my love. (laughs) Sometimes I feel a little round, but I am a potato (laughs) munching jelly sack. So, I mean... I gotta, I gotta like represent our people. <laughs> <laughs> then the jelly thing stopped quivering. See, cause it's full. I came close and touched it gingerly with one finger. It burned and I withdrew my hand. Harry, Joe called. Then I heard the sound of glass breaking a section of the jelly had blubbered over against the van's small front window, smashing it. I didn't think a soft jelly would have the strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't. You look like a tub of lub, but you got some muscle down in there. M-
0: many things that are soft once excited gain strength.
1: Oh, so this whole story is just a penis joke. Isn't
0: this whole podcast just a penis yes, joke? Yes, it
1: is. Yes, it is. So let's get on with the quivering (laughs) jelly as it hardens. Harry, Joe shouted. It was like a shout of animal fear. I heard the sound of more glass breaking. The rear window of the cab, I thought. I hopped over the rear tongue of the van and sped around to the cab. Joe was sitting there, smoking a cigarette. What's the matter? I asked him. What happened? Nothing's the matter, he said. You want to drive or you want me to drive? Uh-oh. He's been possessed by the Invasion of sack. the body
0: snatchers. He's
1: a, la, 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 la.
0: He's a potato sack jelly person now. Yeah,
1: maybe we all are, and this was the beginning of it.
0: <laughs> Since the dawn of time, potato sack jelly has eaten potatoes. But did you know that you are a potato sack jelly person? I
1: mean, I've eaten enough potatoes that I probably taste kind of like a potato to a jelly sack monster.
0: Wait So does that make you a potato munch and jelly sack Or does that make you Potato munch and jelly sack food
1: At one point I was one At one point I am another What am I now Dun dun dun
0: (laughs) I'm really confused I'm
1: confused too Let's keep reading Joe was sitting there smoking a cigarette What's the matter? I asked him what happened. Nothing's the matter, he said. You want to drive or you want me to drive? You just now yelled. Me? You sure I yelled, Harry? A car sped by, following its headlight beams. Windows broke, I said. Is it? Joe Loftus asked me with a mild surprise. Is it now? That's what you get for trying to shift those potatoes around in the middle of the trip. Potatoes, I yelled. Yeah, hell yeah, potatoes. Hey, what's the matter with you anyhow? Potatoes, I said. All right, so go take a look. Joe scowled but went. In a little while, I heard the tongue and the doors slamming and the chain being dragged across. Joe came back and gave me a long, funny look. Yeah potatoes, he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That tea or that coffee was laced with something and they're like tripping balls right now or there's an alien or the, invasion. Yeah,
0: or they got blasted by alien potato
1: yeah. juice. Yep, alien potato juice. Yep. I didn't push it. We've been on the road a long time today So, there's the road. There they are. Now they're getting going.
0: Moving right along.
1: Sometimes the road can get you like that. Maybe you read something about highway hypnotism. If you're driving too long on a good road like the Montauk Highway or one of those thoroughways, after a while you get to see things which aren't there or don't see things which are there. That's when it's time to pull over and yep, take a nap. Yeah,
0: that's, that's time for the roadside stop there. Yep,
1: I have heard that. Like, I mean, that's a, that is a real thing. It can be plenty trouble, but it wasn't going to hurt me tonight if I imagined a return load of Long Island potatoes was a big glob of jelly. <laughs> 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 I scratched my head. Highways got you, huh? Joe said. He knew the symptoms. Tell you what, Harry, why don't you sleep it off? I feel pretty good. I can take her in. Oh, no, don't go to sleep. Uh, No,
0: no. Don't go to sleep.
1: You're going to drive somewhere not good.
0: Uh, Ray Bradbury taught us don't go to sleep.
1: Don't go to sleep. I thanked Joe and I climbed up on the slab bunk in the rear of the cab. The window was broken back there. All right. You couldn't argue about that. But it was too dark to see into the van, except that. I could see the van window was likewise shattered. I drifted off sleepily, not thinking about it much. Joe was a good driver, one of the best. Maybe when I opened my eyes, we'd be in the city, heading for one of those big wholesale produce markets. Dot, dot, dot. There was, was no market. It was raining when I awoke. Thunder rolled and rumbled and then split like a pine board overhead. Lightning was stabbing at the sky. That's not, that's not fun.
0: It seems like a perfectly, perfectly auspicious sign.
1: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Joe, I said sleepily. He grunted a wordless answer. Are you near the city yet? You only slept maybe half an hour, chum. Why don't you catch another 40? I said, that's real wide of you, pal. Joe grunted again. The trunk l- The truck lurched around a turn. The rain beat down. I opened my eyes and looked down past Joe's head. Just then, a flash of lightning lit up the night caught a glimpse of a narrow two-lane asphalt road and stunted scrub pine growing in what looked like sandy ground. Hey, I shouted. This isn't the Montauk Highway. This isn't the way back. Where are you going? What's going on?
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, my Um, dude. Why are we in Florida? Where the fuck are we?
1: Why are we in Florida? This is wrong. Just get some sleep, will you, Joe said. Detour back there. Wasn't any detour when we came out. Well, there's a detour now. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. A detour to hell. (laughs) I was wide awake. Mm,
0: Detour to Blarnak 7.
1: (laughs) I was wide awake. I didn't like the way Joe sounded. Listen, I said. The road's fine. There wasn't anything wrong with the road, so why the detour? Flash flood, I guess. It's raining, but it hasn't been raining that long, and it isn't raining that hard. So I'm not the highway commission, Joe said. Now get some sleep, will you?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining these two, like, trucker guys, like, arguing. One who's, like, had a really weird experience, and the other who's acting like nothing happened, and just having, like, their, their odd couple fight. Yeah. One who is most likely an alien at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, in my head, Joe is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio.
1: Okay. Wait, like in Men in Black? Yes. He's wearing an Edgar suit? Yep. I know, I was having the same thought. <laughs> he, he's wearing like a, a suit, like an
0: like
1: a Edgar, Edgar suit. suit. Edgar suit. It was this on top of what I thought had happened to the potatoes. Something was up. I didn't know what. Funny how sometimes a thing like that doesn't get to you at first. What had the farmer said? Something fell on his load of potatoes. Fell, I thought now. From where? And hadn't he said something about a little explosion? <sighs> Ten hours on the road, I thought. Ten hours on the road or we'd have asked him for sure. <laughs> yeah, for a little clarification. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> uh,
0: so here's the thing. It's 1956. I don't think we're in the middle of a flight path. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Yep. (laughs) This
1: is actually Area 51. Or maybe that's where Joe's driving.
0: (laughs) Driving out to the desert in New Mexico? Well, they're
1: clearly sandy and, yep. Hey, Joe, I called down from the bunk. When do we cut back west? Soon as there's a road. But soon a crossroad flashed by, dimly seen by the glow of distant lighting. Joe's face was set. He didn't look at me. Joe, I said, stop the truck. What's the matter now? I want to check the potatoes, I said. You know, the lock bar isn't what it should be. Don't want to lose the load, do you? make like making shit up. He's like, oh, I'm, gonna
0: I'm gonna check
1: on the potatoes, yeah?
0: I, I have to pee.
1: I I um, don't feel so good. <laughs> I thought you said it wasn't a load of potatoes. Highway hypnotism, I said. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Hell, I loaded them, didn't I? You loaded them, Joe said, slowing the truck. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'd look inside the van, sure. If it had been highway hypnotism, I'd know it by now because the illusion wouldn't last, they never do. But after that, after that, I hadn't figured out yet. (laughs) Joe was acting funny, real funny.
0: (laughs) All right, so we're taking this plan one step at a time.
1: I'm just shooting the shit here.
0: (laughs) I'm going to open the door to the spooky ass cabin to see if it actually is haunted. Or if there is a demon back there. If it's not haunted, I'll be fine. (laughs) If it is haunted... Then I'll be dead. Well, I hope I come up with step two real (laughs) quick.
1: Yep, yep. We'll figure it out as we go. It's fine. The truck stopped. I went around back in the hard, driving rain. It was an unfamiliar road, but the kind you find all up and down the East Coast near the ocean. With scrubby groves of pine on either side of a sandy soil and no sign of civilization except the marching files of telephone poles. I pulled out the lock bar and swung down the tongue and opened the back doors. Just then, the truck growled to life. The rear tires spun and whined and threw pebbles at me. The truck lurched forward. I rude. lunged after it, grabbing the swimming. What?
0: Is it rude?
1: Yeah, Joe's like, bye.
0: <laughs> Later, a sucker.
1: My <laughs> bitch. Um, this is also reminding me of. Uh, I remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, when he gets in the truck with the like scary lady, and her eyes go. Bleh! <laughs> <laughs> What was her name? It was just like Murder and Martha or something uh, like that. Uh, I have a very clear image of that. I don't really remember the setup or whatnot, but I, I know I think, Pee-wee was hitchhiking.
0: I think the last time I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it might have been a new release on VHS.
1: <laughs> oh, I've definitely... We should watch it again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, I haven't seen it in a decade, but like, it's pretty funny. It kind of holds up in a weird way.
0: <laughs> well... Movies that weren't that good to begin with have a tendency to hold up a little better. Yeah,
1: movies that are commenting on themselves while they're being made tend to, you know, hold up. Uh, Okay, so he is about to get fucking left in the middle of nowhere. All right. The truck lurched forward. I lunged after it, grabbing the swinging lock chain and pulling myself up on the tongue.
0: Dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun 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 dun
1: My right foot scraped along the ground, and for a minute, I thought I was going to lose my hold and fall off. But slowly, I pulled myself up while the rain beat down on me. I tried to keep it quiet. As far as I knew, Joe thought he left me back there that crazy Joe. I told myself climbing into the van. I would have fucking stayed. I would have been like, "Okay, bye. Let that shit go. You know what? It's raining. Find like a nice like a uh, place to hang out overnight. It doesn't sound like it's cold. It's like, you know, it's not going to be a great night, but eventually you won't be with the creepy guy that's and the and the and the potato blob.
0: The potato sack jelly. Yeah. Yeah, although if you just let him go, he might go turn other people into potato sack jelly people.
1: I don't think Harry has thought that far in advance. (laughs) I don't think he's trying to be a hero here. I think he's just trying to go home. He's just
0: trying not to get left behind. He's just trying to, like,
1: hang out. He's making
0: all of the bad horror movie choices. Very
1: much so. It's like, don't go up the stairs. Don't climb back in the truck. Come on. They're giving you an out. (laughs) Like, bye. (laughs) You deal with the other shit later. Yeah. The rear doors swung into the wind banging against the frame Joe must have known I had opened them he didn't seem to care he was like a crazy man up there we didn't work for any trucking company this truck was ours with what we made on it we hoped to buy another before long and start a fleet joe and harry trucking <laughs> joe, and, joe harry and harry trucking truckin'. joe and harry trucking you know they they they're not the they don't really think outside the box or outside the truck. Um, it's
0: Joe and Harry truck. They're not nearly as clever about their names as we are.
1: Oh, I know. They, it's, I mean, <laughs> scratch and sniff horse butts is just <laughs> it's, it takes a very high intellect. <laughs> but Joe was up there in the cab, acting like a crazy man, like that trucker, and I was back here in the van with what. Dot, dot, dot. I listened. Nothing but the sound of the motor and the rain outside. I sniffed. That odd smell was gone. Vroom! I fumbled for my matches and scratched one against the flint. It made a faint, sodden sound, and I thought I wasn't going to have any luck. But just then, the match spluttered and flared and caught. There were no potatoes. There wasn't any glob of jelly. Come on in away from the rain. Come over to me, Harry, honey, she said.
0: The fuck?
1: I don't know. I just saw she said, and I went, whose voice is this? I dropped the match, and it went out. It was a woman. There was a lovely blonde-haired woman in the van there. She had been dressed up like for a party at least in the little I saw of her and I thought that was the way she was dressed and, and she was absolutely dry as if she hadn't come <laughs> <laughs> she, was she was absolutely,
0: absolutely dry, dry as if she hadn't come <laughs> Fair enough. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> then what else? Tell me, tell, me tell, tell me more. Tell me more, tell me more. What are you doing with this strange woman that you have locked in the back of your truck? Joe, don't lock women in the back of your truck. That's not cool. I don't care how much they smell like (laughs) potato jelly.
1: (laughs) I know you love your potato jelly, but no. She had been dressed up like for a party, at least in the little I saw of her, and I thought that was the way she was dressed. And she was absolutely dry, as if she hadn't somehow come in out of the rain or anything. Come on, Harry," she called in a seductive voice. "Ooh, I did a good job. I I knew. I knew. Well, yeah. I knew what the potato jelly blob was doing." Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Harry.
0: Saucy <laughs> Come potato me a blob, big
1: boy. <laughs> Come get some starch. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna put some starch in your collar. You
1: can cover me in cheese and heat me up real good.
0: <laughs> Stop it! Now I want a baked potato. I know. I'm really <laughs> hungry now. When <laughs> I'm not turned when on the, by a potato. When the monster is so confusing, you can't tell if you're horny or hungry. <laughs>
1: And that, friends, is 1950s Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I that, think I'm turned on by this monster. And that,
0: friends, is true horror, never knowing if you're horny or hungry.
1: That is... That. <laughs> and you may never find out.
0: The definition of, of existential dread <laughs> right there.
1: <laughs> Come on, Harry, she called in a seductive voice. I'm waiting, Harry. I walked stiffly into the van. Yeah, <laughs> that adjective was chosen on purpose. Yep. I walked stiffly into the van. Well, I'm human, aren't I? <laughs> Literally, that's what it says. I get him, if this was a movie, he'd turn to the camera and be like, What? I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> been a weird night i could use a little release
0: (laughs) it's entirely possible i'm dreaming and if i am i may as well enjoy it
1: Then i may as well enjoy this um if not i think i'm gonna die anyway so i might as well go out happy if
0: not i'm in the back of a truck driven by my crazy friend Friend? i think who might also be a potato person yeah so you know what
1: this is step two this is where we're at right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) so this is why you really need to plan more ahead Because if you don't, step one is open the door. Step two is sleep with aliens. Sleep with the alien potato seductress.
1: Yep. This is why you plan, y'all. This is why you have a planner.
0: Haven't you read The Odyssey?
1: Most people (laughs) haven't.
0: Well, that's like the the, the sirens in the Odyssey. Yes, I
1: I have read the Odyssey. I did a video about it in high school, and I was one of the sirens. And I directed a, a like, segment of that in my uh, bedroom with, like, my whole group of people. We had, like, homemade costumes and shit.
0: So you actually (laughs) played the potato jelly seductress.
1: I keep telling you, I am the potato jelly lady seductress. (laughs) I was fumbling again with the matches. I had to see her once more, you know, before I, before I uh, get stiffer. If this was highway hypnotism, I was all for it. <laughs> if this was a mirage, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's my
0: favorite kind of mirage right there.
1: Damn! In the light of the first match, she'd been beautiful. I struck the second match, but the head crumbled wetly. <laughs> Oh Uh, no! Oh no! Performance anxiety. Got a little nervous.
0: Sometimes the head crumbles wetly a little too early. (laughs) A
1: little too soon. (laughs) It's
0: It's okay. okay. Just take a breath. Just take a few minutes. Take five minutes. You'll be fine. Strike another match. Try again.
1: I tossed it away irritably and was about to strike a third when her hand touched me. That'll help. Harry, she said. Harry. It doesn't help that his name's Harry. I never did get her name. Wait, I never did get her name. What the hell? Didn't matter. She was only there for one purpose. The hell? I don't know. Probably she didn't even have a name. She didn't need one. There was no before and no after for her. Only the all-containing now and a guy named Harry Miller. Do you like me, Harry? She asked. She came against me. (laughs) Softly firm and straining.
0: Wow, okay. So uh, (laughs) apparently his his premature crumbling was not an issue for her. Mm
1: -hmm. There are other ways. She came against me, softly, firm, and straining. She had a strong, musky perfume on her. Her hair
0: touched my face. Kind like rotten potatoes. Yep.
1: Her hair touched my face, and her voice whispered in my ear. Desire me, she said. Do you desire me? Damn fool question, I thought without pushing it. <laughs> Hell yes, I desired her. Who the hell wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
0: Oh no. oh no, I screwed up. I chose a story that's telling all of those jokes for us. Yep,
1: yeah, this, uh, this, this. Clearly, this person was of our mindset. I am, <laughs> I am into this. Um, also, I love that he's gonna diddly a, uh, a freaking like potato, a potato alien. Outside, the rain drummed down in the cab. Joe gunned the motor. I kissed the girl in the van, and she returned my kiss hotly, avidly. Harry, she said. I folded her in my arms and sat down on the floor of the van. The truck lurched, and something rolled against my leg. I reached down with one hand. The woman sensed this. Her warm fingers touched my arm as she tried to draw my hand back. But I found what had rolled against my leg anyway. It was a potato <laughs> yeah it was what should have been back there in the van in the very first place no lump of glob and no beautiful dame just a return load of long island potatoes for market i pushed the woman away from me and stood up holding the potato like it was a talisman Harry, she cried hurt in her voice what is it? What's the matter?
0: You're my little potato.
1: You're, my little, You're my, potato.
0: my little potato. You're my little potato. I dug you up. You come from underground. Hey.
1: Who's that singer again?
0: I don't know. Okay. It's some cheesy ass band from. Yeah. Uh, Dear listener, look up. You're my little potato.
1: It's really cute. You sing it to me sometimes. Not, you're not allowed to anymore, Noah, after this story,
0: though.
1: <laughs> you call me a potato alien?
0: Maybe. What?
1: I didn't answer her. I walked to the rear of the van and looked out. It was dark out there. The rain came down in a heavy, faintly silver curtain. After a while, lightning lit the sky, and I saw the road was running parallel to the ocean now. I figured we were somewhere not too far from Riverhead, probably south and a little west of Riverhead, down by the water. But why? Why? Dot,
0: dot, dot. <laughs> Hang on a second. I just got a um, text message from Seafood City letting me know that my order is ready.
1: What? With seafood cities? Clearly, uh, someone gave the wrong number. Yep,
0: I was just strange. <laughs>
1: dot dot dot. Maybe that was the potato monster trying to text you. <laughs> Your food's ready from the seafood, seafood palace city. Seafood. I'll show you my seafood city. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> text me back, Harry. <laughs> Your food's ready at Seafood City by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a special potato bisque topped with fresh seafood—clams,
0: oysters, mussels, mussels.
1: Ten minutes later, the big truck rolled to a stop.
0: Yeah, well, ten minutes is all it takes. It's,
1: yeah, it's pretty decent. <laughs> I jumped down from the van and sped around the cab, slipping on wet sand. There was a salt spray with the wind driven rain in the air, and I smelled the sea.
0: Okay, I, now I'm really unsettled by this text message I just
1: yep, got. Yep, me too. I'm actually very unsettled by it too. Why? Yeah. <laughs> See? He's not dead. <laughs> he's tracking anytime his stories get read, and then he's oh. fucking with people. <laughs>
0: Sorry, and then he writes Darius. an autobiography about that. I'm sorry, Darius. Please don't write my autobiography, or if you're going to let me die of old age first.
1: <laughs> Not of the potato woman. Not of the seafood potato slurping goo. potato lady.
0: <laughs> I don't want to drown in potato goo or whatever the fuck these people do.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're about to find out. There was a salt spray with the wind driven rain in the air, and I smelled the sea. I thought I could make out the gleam of the breakers through the darkness, but it might have been my imagination. <laughs> That's, that is the question of this entire story. I did hear the pounding roar of the surf, though. I saw Joe's dark bulk getting down from the cab. <laughs> so Joe's a big boy.
0: He's, he's a big dude.
1: I saw Joe's dark bulk getting down from the cab just as I reached it. Are you going to be any trouble, boy? Joe asked me. "Uh Uh-oh. Trouble? I repeated his word. What are you doing? Why did you drive here for, Joe? He didn't answer. He went around to the van and helped the woman down. She said something, and it almost sounded like she was crying. Take it easy, baby, he told her. It won't be long now. The rain poured down, drenching all of us. The surf roared and hissed and boomed across the beach. Hey, where are you going? I shouted. They were headed down across the sand. They didn't answer. Is she a mermaid?
0: <laughs> is this just? Is this splash? Is this splash?
1: Tom Hanks. This Tom Hanks is Harry, actually. Tom Hanks is
0: Harry, and Vincent D'Onofrio is, this is Joe. Joe.
1: And Daryl Hannah is is uh, the 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 lady in the back. <laughs> They didn't answer. I could stay with the truck. I could pull the truck out of there. Or I could follow them and see what the hell was going on. Get in the truck and leave. <laughs> don't don't go up the stairs.
0: Yes, but but
1: I know I would be very intrigued. I like At this I'd point want to know I'm what like what was going on. Yeah. I mean, that would be hard to drive away from. Yeah. Uh, But just then, Joe came back from the beach. I couldn't see his face, but his voice sounded odd. Better come down with us, Harry, he said. She figures you know too much. I figure she's right. Oh, no.
0: I don't now know Now you anything. get in the truck and leave. I actually, I don't, like, I'm, I don't know, I don't know anything. As Harry, I'm, I would literally
1: be like, I have no idea what the fuck has been going on for the past I, four hours. I
0: haven't <laughs> slept enough, and <laughs> I think I, I'm actually pretty sure I'm, I'm still asleep in the truck I'm right pretty now, sure I so. just
1: lost my virginity mm. to a potato blob, <laughs> um, and I don't know what's happening, so tr- just, We're, we're good.
0: Man, if that was his first time. <clears throat> on 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 a scale of first times, that's pretty rough.
1: We stood very close. In the dimness, I could barely make out the big monkey wrench in Joe's hand. <clears throat> oh, no. If I said no, he'd bought me one with the wrench. If I said yes and went down there with him, would he use the wrench on me later? <laughs> it didn't look as if I had much choice. I went down across the sand with Joe. The woman was waiting for us at the water's edge. The breakers were faintly phosphorescent with glowing plankton, and I could see the outline of the woman's figure against them. Then Joe's bulky silhouette came between us. I stood there and stared out across the black sea. Neither of them paid any attention to me. Breakers broke and foamed and rolled themselves out on the sand. The tide was coming in. The wind blew spray. You're waiting for something, aren't you? I asked. It was a dumb question. <laughs> they weren't down here for their health.
0: <laughs> they might be.
1: I mean, they might be down there for their health. <laughs> like, Potatoes are good with salt. Maybe maybe she's got to get in the water and save herself. Something coming in from the water, I guess? Submarine, maybe? Joe said, We're not waiting for something coming in from the water. The woman said don't tell him Joe Joe said funny you call me Joe (laughs) still calling me Joe (laughs) the woman said you're Joe you're Joe until we leave yeah but it's funny (laughs) I hear something Joe no it's the wind will it be soon she said yeah soon what are we gonna do with him? With Harry? He knows too much, the woman said. But does it really matter? They were talking about me as if I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> so I left.
1: So, this was an awkward moment where I'm like, um, hi, I, hi. Um, hey,
0: you look like my best friend. Uh, you two are clearly a thing. I think just we just gonna- slept together. Um,
1: I'm just going to go. Oui. Cool. Um, go. I'm not into the threesome idea, so I'm, I'm out. Unless that'll I'm out. keep okay. you
0: from using the monkey wrench on me, in which case...
1: Yeah. They were talking about me as if I wasn't there, or like two grown people talking about a little child in his presence, or maybe even like two people will talk about a dog right in front of the dog, feeding the dog a juicy bone, maybe, the day before they take it down to the pound. Oh my god That's the saddest thing I've ever heard They stopped talking They stood there waiting After another 20 minutes or so I began to hear something Maybe they were listening too hard Anyhow I heard it first (laughs) (laughs) A distant hissing sound Before I knew it The sky had begun to grow brighter
0: And a giant cat came down (laughs) Hissing
1: Oh. Joe, the woman cried happily. Listen. Yeah, look at it, Joe said. They ran by me, not down toward the water, but back up the beach toward the truck. Wait a minute, baby, Joe called. You can't go near it till the changeover, the heat. I whirled and followed them. I saw it as soon as I turned, but I couldn't believe my eyes. It was why they had come down to the water's edge. It was why Joe had picked out the untraveled road I gawked. The big truck was glowing. Not burning, not on fire, but glowing. As if it had suddenly gone phosphorescent, say a million times more than the plankton-growing surf. It stood out as clear as day. Joe and the woman stood between the glowing truck and me, standing hand in hand, watching, waiting. The truck changed. Dot, dot, dot.
0: So was the whole truck potato goo now?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't highway hypnotism. Too much had happened. (laughs) I love that he's (laughs) just figured this out. It's like, okay, this is actually happening. This is not a dream. Okay. Too much still would happen. The square lines of the truck were flowing, shifting, coalescing like a slow fade on the TV. As one scene shifts slowly into another, the glowing truck flowed and altered and wasn't a truck any longer. Take him with us, Joe said suddenly. The woman grabbed my arm. I pulled loose from her, and she started to yell. She came after me, throwing herself on my back. I was plainly scared by what I had seen, and I wasn't having any of it, not if I could help it. I threw the woman off my back, and she fell away yelling into the rain, but Joe came after me with the wrench. I stumbled and fell just as Joe swung the big wrench. It thudded in the sand, half a foot from my face, and I got up and started running. Joe threw the heavy wrench this time and it hit the small of my back, driving me down to my knees. Joe came after me, kneeing my face as I swung around and tried to get up. I flipped over but grabbed his foot as he tried to stamp it down on me. He didn't know what he wanted, that boy. I guess if he couldn't take me with him, he was going to try and kill me. I twisted his leg and he yowled and fell down on top of me and we rolled over and over in the sand, clawing for each other's throats. The woman was yelling something, but I didn't hear what it was and I'm sure Joe didn't either. We were both breathing raggedly and swinging without much force at each other now. Call it almost a draw, except I was fighting for my life and I knew Joe had an ally in the woman. I climbed to my feet slowly, unsteadily, and found the monkey wrench on the ground. I wielded it, shaking it in Joe's face. I said, You can do what you want. I won't stop you, but just leave me the hell out of it. All of a sudden, something struck my back. It was the woman trying to knock me over from behind. I whirled, and she backed out of my reach. But then Joe was on his feet again, and when I turned to face him, she clawed at my back. "'Kill him, Joe!' she cried. "'Kill him now!' "'No fair.' Joe came for me. He didn't pay any attention to the monkey wrench in my hand. He lunged at me, and I took a swat in his direction with the wrench. We both missed, but Joe was still half on his feet. He stumbled past me, and I turned and shoved him. He struck the woman, and they both went down. "'Joe!' the woman said. "'Joe, it's starting!' She meant the truck, or what had been the truck. It was a gleaming silver globe now, and something was hissing at the bottom of it. I didn't know what it was, but they knew. I didn't know it then. But I had won. Yeah. I delayed them past the point of where they could take me with them by force or kill me. They had to hurry. I wasn't going to stop them. I stood there, hurting all over, and watched them run for the thing which had been the truck. It was still glowing, but the glow was fading. A hole seemed to open in the side for them, but then suddenly the glow became so bright that I couldn't see anything but the dazzling light, which slowly, but with its increasing speed, rose into the rain and the night on a pillar of flame. I blinked. I smelled ozone. The sphere was gone, but there was an afterglow in the sky. Numbly, I walked over to where the truck and the sphere had been. I found Joe. Or what was left of Joe. It was a dry husk of a body. Hardly recognizable as if some great power had taken Joe and twisted him while an enormous heat had dried all the moisture from his body without burning the skin.
0: So it was an Edgar suit. It
1: was an Edgar suit. (laughs) I never found the woman. Instead, there were a few hundred dry husky things near Joe. I didn't recognize them at first, and when I did, I suddenly got hysterical and ran. I couldn't figure out then... And I still can't, although I've tried to. The husky things were burned potatoes next to Joe, where the woman had been. But the way I figure it, they went up there, both of them. The police gave me a rough time, but eventually they let me go. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to Joe could have been the result of lightning. Lightning, they said, can do funny things. Nobody ever found the truck. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think lightning just, you know, uh, zaps trucks. Vaporizes a truck. Nobody ever found the truck. I could have told them that. It had gone up there. (laughs) Home? Maybe? I did some investigating. There'd been a meteor fall two days before we picked up the load of potatoes. I saw the farmer and asked him about those meteors. But he merely insisted, vague as before, that something had fallen into his barn through the roof from the sky. Figure it got among the potatoes, a sentience of some kind. Figure it was sleeping. Figure the motion of the truck stirred it to life. Figure it could, well, take over things, like the potatoes. It became the girl to keep me busy. (laughs) (laughs) like Joe it took over Joe's so it could drive off to the deserted beach like the truck it took over and changed the truck into a well something
0: spaceship
1: yeah portal something so it could get back from where it started from me I must have been immune or am I because a few minutes ago something crashed through the roof of my new truck into the van I don't know what, but I'm afraid to look. What would you do? The end. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> They're back. They're back to finish the job. <laughs> I would never drive a fucking truck again. I would no. get another job that was always in populated areas and like be like, "Nope, nope."
0: Yeah. Yep. I would so they clearly wanted to go to a deserted beach somewhere, so I would move to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, but that was creepy as hell, and I liked it. and um, I enjoy the potato mash and monster alien <laughs> mermaid lady. <laughs> and the <egg> or suit. <laughs> that, I so. could definitely see that as like a movie or a, like an episode of the Twilight Zone, yeah. very oh, yeah. much like. That is an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah, I could see or, the narrator or, turning to the camera and being like, what would you have done? You. Yeah. Good job, whatever your name is.
0: So, what do you want to be when you grow up? A potato seductress. A
1: potato. I mean, I am a
0: potato. Seductress.
1: A seductress? <laughs> I seduct. I seduct. I seduce a lot of potatoes. <laughs>
0: seduce potatoes.
1: I do. <laughs> I, I, I love. I'm an, I'm a. I'm a good Irish girl. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong you can do with a potato.
0: But do you seduce <laughs> potatoes, or are you seduced by potatoes?
1: It's a uh, um, symbiotic relationship. <laughs> 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 we feed off of each other. <laughs> we bring joy to each other, and, and without without the other, we cannot survive.
0: <laughs> so the potatoes like being eaten.
1: Mm-hmm oh yeah <laughs> Harry Harry come come touch me Harry bring the sour cream dip me in ketchup <laughs> <laughs> smother me in cheese oh I'm just hungry now
0: everything's better smothered in cheese
1: it really is it really is yeah. Um, I will share the image that was in the story on, um, like on, on the Twitter, social medias and stuff. Um, so the, the picture that I saw was, um, who I assume is Harry, um, staring at a blob like creature with lots of eyes, um, in the back of his truck. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, um, potatoes have eyes.
1: It's like the hills have eyes, but it's the potatoes have um. eyes.
0: Yeah, and it kind of looks like a um, for for any of uh, for for any of the Dungeons and Dragons fans who listen, it kind of looks like a beholder.
1: All right, well, what's the secret word this 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 week?
0: Potato seductress.
1: Potato seductress. Yes. So if you if you're still listening, and we hope you are, um, tell five friends about the podcast, but also message us on any of our social media, which is uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We even have a TikTok. Uh, just find Campfire Classics podcast and message us "Potato Seductress," and uh, we will respond. And that, uh, that
0: lets us know you're listening.
1: Let's know you're listening and enjoying. So I love getting the messages from people. They always make me laugh. Because <laughs> like some of them, I forget what we said the password is, and I get a random message. It's like what? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I remember seeing <laughs> like a couple of the emails doing that yeah. came in that first, the first and second week. And I was just like, why are you fucking being creepy? Like, what a weirdo. Oh, oh because I asked you to be creepy.
1: Oh, we're the weirdos. That's right. And that's you're just it. like our kind of weirdo. So we appreciate it. Yeah. So, Yeah. So share us with your friends. Follow us on all the social media. Um, keep listening. Send us story suggestions or authors if you're into yep. it. We would love to um, read something that is of your of your picking if it's uh in public domain, send it our way. And it's usually between like three thousand two thousand between
0: three thousand and five thousand words it's is sort perfect. of the, the, the gold zone. Hey, I kinda wanna do a tail end promo. Okay. Because we didn't we didn't do we didn't do a lot of chit chat before we jumped in this That's story. True. To a couple of the uh distilleries yes. that we were at particularly the the two yesterday yeah. which were just delightful so if you ever find yourself in bourbon country uh kentucky between lexington and louisville there are a couple of distilleries that we hit up on uh yesterday july 3rd uh one of them is castle and key distillery which is just this beautiful beautiful grounds uh, it's it first became a distillery in like 1887. Yeah, and it looks and like a castle. Built it to be a sort of tourist attraction distillery, it fell into disrepair and then um, was brought back just seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and so they've
1: just released their first like bourbon. Like it's just come out because bourbon has to age for six years yeah. or four years. Um, but it took them that long. It took them two years to clean up the place and then they started making stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, but so, so check that place out. And then if you ever get the chance to go to Jephtha Creed Distillery and take their barrel tasting tour, uh, especially if a young woman named Mary is leading the tour, yeah, She was sad. strong recommend. She was great. Um, the tour was fascinating and, uh, and
1: we got to sit in like recliners and yeah, drink bourbon was, right out of the barrel. It like, was,
0: it was a pretty bougie little, uh.
1: It was really cool. A little
0: tour tasting experience. Yeah,
1: we very much enjoyed our days and um, supporting these like smaller new craft breweries that are just kind of taken off. So yeah,
0: yeah. uh, there's there's a place that's I I can almost guarantee you it's going to hit it huge. You heard it here first in just a couple of years called Wilderness Trail. Yeah. They're going to release their bourbon, and they're going to be goddamn everywhere.
1: Everywhere, um, and they had a delightful staff as well, like amazing. Um, and they had a they had, they had a kitty a that took cat. us on they a distillery cat that took us on the tour. A so, cat named, named Cooper. Cooper.
0: Uh, cool. Yeah that that um that's what we do. That's it. This has been your first episode in July Uh, we've got our one year anniversary coming up so please do keep listening tell some friends let's see how how many new listeners we can ring in before that one year anniversary but that's still a couple of weeks away so until then this has been Campfire Classics where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: Oh baby smother me in chili chili and cheese and beans there's nothing sexier than bees <laughs> Oh baby Do you
0: know what that's worth what? Potato aliens Have come to earth oh!
1: <laughs> And that is the end